Version 3.0, Episode 2. I am Dan. With me are the usual suspects, Nick and Rob. What's up, guys? We have a new announcement. New addition to the RCHN family. The new new FNG. You're no longer the FNG. I'm not the FNG. Sorry, I got a little excited. Devin. Yes. Hey, how are you guys? Good. How are you doing, man? I can't complain. What's your last name? McClellan. I, I always want to say something different, but McClellan. McClellan. Let me lock that there into the old iron trap. I'm old, though. You know, I didn't take my Aricep today, so I might forget. <laughs> McClellan. I'll remember that. <laughs> <laughs> now, we're excited to have you, Devin. Of course, those uh, we're going to give you a chance here to go first, kind of introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your hobby, and then we'll see what everybody else has been up to. So, Devin, the floor is yours, man. Tell us about yourself. Oh boy. All right. So what is it? I'm Devin. I've been flying. Hi, for, Devin. I've <laughs> uh, been flying for probably 14 or 15 years. Um, mostly airplanes in the beginning, then probably five, six years ago, went over to helis and was hardcore into the helis and been flying them ever since. Say, Five years ago is when I first got sponsored in the hobby, and, and from there, kept coming and great support and everything like that. And uh, of course, with the follow of my dad, of course, Rob, he's always there with me, father son. Who everybody, duo. by the way, knows as McToon. McToon. There you go. McToon. Yeah, yeah. And then I, whatever they call me, Mini McToon. Bert calls me McMuffin. <laughs> either, either or you might regret sharing that <laughs> no i know maybe we'll see um but yeah just enjoying the hobby to the fullest traveling this year i was able to go to global 3d and enjoy global 3d over in holland and everything like that netherlands that was a great time seeing all the international pilots who i haven't seen in a couple of years because of you know pandemic and uh just enjoying it. So let me get cool. something straight. Let me get something straight. You've been flying for about 14 years, but you've been doing helicopters for five years. Six years? Five, six years around there, yeah. God, I fucking hate you. Because <laughs> I've seen you fly, and I don't like you at all anymore. I, th- I really thought we were going to be friends. But dude, oh, seriously, damn. how do you get to fly so good? What do you, is it? I um, know. Oh, wait, no, I know. What, what, what do you think? What do you think? So here's, here's the deal. Longtime listeners might remember we did an episode uh, in, at Snohomish, a live episode. I'm sure this applies to you, but I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. That I asked um, Nick Maxwell. Oh, boy. Long time ago. Do you think 
that somebody who isn't a virgin can fly as good as you? <laughs> isn't a virgin? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. I don't know. You know, I think they can do it. Virgins um, uh, might be a little bit of a different story, but non-virgins. Mm. All right. Might, maybe. First episode, Dan, right out of the gate. Oh, let's get <laughs> it all the way. <laughs> no, that's pretty cool, man. I, um, I've had a chance to, now I've been to two of the fun flies here on the East coast with your, where I'm sure your dad's been at, at, I've been to two where I knew your dad was there. And, um, but I've been to one where you were at, got yes. to watch a fly and just real quickly here, I'm going to interject one little, little thing. One, you know, one thing I've been saying to Nick and Rob is it just seems to me everybody flies so good. Every fun fly you go to, people are just beating the shit out of their helis. It's so fast. But oh, I can agree. I noticed one thing. Um, because you you were kind of, you know, you weren't like, you know, you, one thing I really appreciate about your the way you are is you don't like uh, showboat. Um, in other words, you don't just jump up on the flight line and, hey, everybody, watch me, I'm flying. You kind of let everybody do their thing. And you actually... Flew once or twice, kind of discreetly off to the side, but then of course, nighttime comes along and the lights come on. Oh boy, yeah. And I was, yeah. <laughs> I was able to watch the difference. And what I mean by that is, yeah, these guys are throwing down. You know, your Jimmy Tate's, your, you know, Angela, all these guys, man, they're just throwing down. But then you stepped up, and the level of precision of which you handle that helicopter is. It's a night and day difference. Now, I'm not certainly not taking away from these guys. They can fly and they can fly like mad, but the, the precision that you can handle that machine with is on the next level. And it's, I, you were doing those 100 mile an hour hurricanes around those, that limbo pole. Yes. And you were yeah. coming in on the inside and you were bringing that helicopter with inch, inches of that pole every time very very precise like yeah. any other flyer would have just disseminated that helicopter right but it, you, you didn't just do it once <laughs> it was zoom, 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 you know anyway they were egging me on they were trying to get me to cut the <laughs> the ribbon that we had across that that line and every time i went past i was like contemplating it i'm like you know if that gets twisted up in the head where is the heli gonna end up oh my gosh <laughs> yeah <laughs> But I anyway, I saw that video. That was a pretty good video. It was incredible. I, you know, and I think that um, I'm excited to have you part of the show at any level you choose to be involved with the show. You know, your, your age, you're, you're going to help us kind of tap into the younger crew. Hopefully that's kind of what we're looking to do to kind of grow this hobby a little bit, get some younger guys interested. Uh, your, your willingness to help as James Cadiz told me when I was talking to him about having you on the show, he said, salt to the earth. Those two, oh salt of the earth. So uh, I love James so much. Such a <laughs> you, good know, man. you know, just kind of a quick introduction there, dude. Thank you so much for, for hanging out with us. And, and we look forward to learning from you and, and giving you some shit because you are the FNG. You're the young guy. I'm sure we're going to be <laughs> giving you some shit. Every it starts. Now and again. I'm ready. Hey man. It's cool to have a high frame rate pilot on board. So. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And, and you're <laughs> deep you. in the, 
the Oxy Camp too, which is a camp I don't know much about. So I'm oh, looking forward to hearing your perspective there too. That, uh, <laughs> for sure. Any questions? There you go. I had an Oxy. Devin and I had a conversation about the Oxy that I used to own. Yes, we did. I remember that. I didn't like it. Didn't no, like you it. Said that. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I digress. But you said that about Compass. <laughs> you said that about goblins. Said, and how did those stories said, end? Dude, they all. I say that about everybody. I'm a contrarian. Okay. <laughs> if he crashes the same bird more than twice, it goes <laughs> it's in a piece the of shit. Bucket. It's obviously the helicopter's fault when I crash. It's a piece of shit. Okay. <laughs> it's it's not the pilot. It's the helicopter. Because I got mad skills, yo. Mad That's skills, why he still has that Forza. He's too afraid to fly. For real, for real. Dude, that Forza is amazing. It is a nice heli. Yeah, that, that yeah, was yeah. a very nice heli. I remember those. They were very nice helis. All righty, man. So we're gonna we're gonna move on. Did you get any flying in this week, Devin? Uh, yeah, I went flying on Saturday. Did you crash anything? I did not. <sighs> I did Dude, not don't crash don't anything. don't be coming here without any crash stories. But if if it's <laughs> gonna crash, it has to be on video. That helps, but a good story never hurts. That's true. That's true. I mean, no, we want to hear. Time. We want to hear major, you know, no personal injury, no injuries, but we want to hear about major catastrophic. The chicken dance. Well, was a couple of weeks ago, but. We, and we're not going to talk about it now, but I did <laughs> talk to somebody about um, a gasser that you flew once. And... Oh. <sighs> yeah. Oh, Just a little one. teaser there for an upcoming that story. One. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's giving me the dirt. People oh, are giving boy. me the dirt about that's you. A, dude. That's a that's that's a really good one, actually. <laughs> okay. Alrighty. Anything else exciting happening for you this week? Um. Besides joining the RCHN crew, which is I'm probably the best RCHN news of your crew. life. That's, yeah. The highlight of my week. Highlight. Absolutely. Of my week. Your week. Shit. Life, dude. Highlight. <laughs> like life. My my old age life. Very highlight. Um, your short yeah. short twenty one years. My short twenty-one years, or or long, depending on who you talk to. I don't. That could be. You know. That could be. Um, no, just working and fixing helis and getting ready for the next events that are coming up. Got any competitions coming up? I, I do not actually. No, I do not. No. And no um, I'm going to hold you to this. You told me you were going to buddy box with me, and we didn't get a chance. Of course. Extenuating circumstances. We're going to talk about those here in a bit, but we didn't get around to it last time we were at a pun fly. But uh, you're going to have to teach me how to hover, dude. Oh, all right. Let's. Maybe you can teach me how to hover <laughs> inverted, then too. Sure, absolutely. Oh, perfect. Yeah, you show That's me yours. Struggle. I'll show you mine. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> teach him how to nose in the gasser. Nose in the gasser. <laughs> Fold nose the gasser up in there. Oh, oh. I can teach you how to do that. Fold the gasser. I can teach you how dude. to do that. Silence. Did you, guys just hear what, did you guys just hear what Nick just said? Should we just like mute him? I'm going to mute him right now. <laughs> <laughs> so Rob, Daniel. what have you been up to this week, man? Uh, a little of the same old shit, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, working on uh, my uh, other helicopter, trying to figure out the head on that Gowie 200. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get that thing spooled up and Maybe I'll have a cool crash story for you, but we'll see what happens. I don't know. Don't be, dude, don't be crashing right now. No. no, I can't, right? But I flew the X5 a few times and uh, running it through its paces. Um, it's weird because it's, it's been back. a long It's coming back. It's weird. It's been a long time since um, I've had like, I think uh, the head speed on it is like 22 or t- something like that, 2300. 
it's high and it's it's been a while so i've been staying out of idle up too and i sound like such a noob right but i flipped her into idle or i flipped her into idle too um earlier today and flew a couple packs and got to spank the sky a little bit harder which is nice and it didn't fall apart or watered itself up into a thousand pieces so um i've got these tiki torches set up in my backyard and i was doing an inverted hover between them going okay maybe at later if it's night out and it feels right maybe i'll get a picture doing it out there around the tiki torches or something but with the like lift, you said right? i'm gonna try my best not to crash the damn thing because i'm at uh you know like the buying the kk 110 little scale jobber you know 79 dollar if i gotta start <laughs> from scratch level you know my heli budget my monthly heli budget is maybe 200 bucks after everything else <laughs> no crashing for you no crashing for me right so i'm taking it slow but having a lot of fun because ironically it's been long enough that just like kind of like i mentioned last time flying the tame stuff you know getting back into the hard sport as where i'm probably going to settle as hard sport uh i'm getting a really high adrenaline dose out of the whole deal so the action and the fun of it all is well worth the zero dollars that i'm spending for my old helicopters so i'm in like flame man so just uh charge fly charge fly that's all i'm gonna do uh from here on out or until cool, I I, a, nice until further notice awesome i got a pro tip for you rob yeah what's that don't go inverted in normal <laughs> i'll remember that if yes. you do video it oh <laughs> <laughs> And get the sound from my ass when I pucker up really big. <laughs> yes. Dude, normal mode is dead. It's gone. I know, I know, right? They don't use those terms we anymore. Don't, we don't need that anymore. Dude, I tell you what, I don't know if this is blasphemous conversation here, but everybody already knows I also fly FPV drones, and the throttle is full throttle. Like, bottom is zero, top is full. And today, I flew my drone and then my heli, and that was a little bit dicey trying to remember, oh, shit, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's not off. No, no, no. That's just negative pitch. Okay, let's not do that. And then I got to thinking, you know, maybe I should just, because people do this in the drone world, they'll set their drones up as 3D. And then essentially it flies like a collective pitch heli would, you know, the stick is zero center. I'm like, maybe I'll set one of my quads up to do that and see what that's like. But I don't know. Anyway, I digress. So normal uh, Nick and Devin, you guys are going to have to school Rob and I. We don't, we don't use that word normal when it comes to. I, I don't even know what that word no. means. Yeah, you don't no. even know what that means? No, dude, God, what's we normal? Have, we have three banks and a soft spool up, and that's all you need. Oh, well, man. Well, and hobby wings sometimes are a little harder, but it's still considered soft. Softish. Okay. Softish, <laughs> yeah. So the tail turns 90 degrees on the way. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, got to be go. ready for it. Oh, my God. You guys are turning me on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, that's cool, Rob. No, I. Uh, Dude, I've also discovered that I, I'm kind of liking having a softer gain on my tail, which is weird because that's something I didn't expect because when I was in it before, it seemed like the thing to do was to get your tail all the way till it was bouncing like crazy and then dial it back a couple, right? And then just let it sit there so that when it stops, it's like you slammed it into the wall. It's just like, and it just stops there. But I'm kind of liking, you know, I'm, I'm doing Piro moves and stuff like that. And, and then I'll let go and I'll have just this little slow, like, and it'll stop and it'll hold hard. You know, I can do all the maneuvers I need to do for my hard sport level flying. But um, it's weird. I watched a video, old ass video last night. It was an old Smack Talk RC video. And Bert Kammerer was interviewing Tarek Al Sadi. And they did a stick cam 
I couldn't follow along at all, but it was really cool to watch. And, uh, but he asked him, uh, the question he asked him, he's like, so where do you come up with your new tricks? And, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said something to the effect of, well, you know, I'm, I'm not really trying to like top somebody else's maneuver or make the most like smack hard badassist maneuver. I'm trying to create new lines in the sky with my helicopter. I'm trying to create some almost like art in the sky. I'm just trying to do something different. And that that's his motivation, right? And that's kind of how I am too. Because, you know, one, I mean, pyro flips. Okay, when I used to skateboard, I got out of the hobby when everybody started kick flipping because all I could ever do was whack my shins and it just didn't work. Uh, but And then in the heli hobby, when I got to pyro flipping, I was like, okay, here's the cliff. And I got to the top of it and I can pyro flip, right? But like we talked about earlier, there's so many people seem to run on like, 180 frames a second in their brain or something and then you can just do things that i can't do and so now i'm just trying to paint the sky in unique ways you know that's my vibe that's that's where i'm going to be at coming back in the hobby so you really are a hippie aren't you i guess so i don't know <laughs> it's all right we love you anyway rob yes oh that's great that's good man um sorry the the 600 still isn't ready said to you i don't know dude it's all right it will be i promise i promise i think i'm gonna put a scale fuselage on that bitch oh you are really maybe i don't know i think i'm gonna fly it as it is for a while and then i want it you know nick talks about the low head speed i'm like i want to get it as low as i can and then maybe put a scale body on it and fly it like just fully scale sure Dude, I thought I liked low head speed, and then Angel drops 850 RPM, and suddenly I feel... I <laughs> That's some baller low head speed. <laughs> it's only one bad thing about it, is when you get in line behind Angel, you got to wait 15 minutes. <laughs> Dude, I get so much flack for flying low head speed at my club that I switched to smaller capacity packs so that people oh, would stop going, are you going to land that thing or I what? Hurry up already. <laughs> All right, Nick, what have you been up to this week? So as, as is kind of the rhythm of my life and, and my job and, and traveling for work, I go from weeks where I get in 40 flights in a week, like the last episode, to getting in zero flights a week uh, and working a gajillion hours. Um, the good news is, is when you work a lot of hours, you make a lot of money. And when you make a lot of money, you resort to retail therapy. Um, sure. Uh, I see yeah. it. So I've been, uh, you know, I've been, I'm a V-Control Touch guy. Um, it's kind of... I started briefly with Spectrum in the early micro days and then quickly switched to, to V-Control. But, you know, I've been toying with this idea of wanting to see how the other half lives and trying out Futaba. Um, fly with a lot of Futaba guys, some F3C guys, um, some guys who just love the platform. So I ordered a 16iZ. And Saw that. It came in yesterday. And Ooh. I knew, you know, so I, I had all kinds of fun presents arrive while I was gone. Uh, you know, I flew home Sunday and there was, a, a, you know, my wife had piled all these boxes in my office and it was like Christmas. So, uh, (laughs) so I opened the 16 IZ and I knew a lot of guys had talked about the ergonomics of the transmitter. So I really wanted to see how it felt in my hands before I committed to turning it on and I picked it up and I didn't like it. And and I'm not knocking Futaba at all. It's just personally, when I picked it up, I was like, this is not the transmitter for me. I don't like the switch layout. I don't like the way it feels in my hands and I knew it. And, and, Maybe I heard the voices of the guys I fly with a lot who all fly 32MZs going, 
you're going to regret it. You should just order the 32. Uh, and, and they were right. So this morning I shipped the 69Z back and ordered a 32. Um, so that's on the way. So uh, we'll, we'll restart the Futaba journey with the 32MZ and uh, see what we like there. Um, I uh, had another present arrive while I was gone. So right before Urcher, I was flying with a, with a buddy of mine who will remain nameless, uh, who happened to stuff his Spectre V2 into the ground like on one of those, Ouch. you know, days you're out flying with a buddy right before Urcher when maybe you shouldn't be. Um, and I had my Spectre V2 with me. And I said, dude, take my heli. I, I got to travel for work for a while. I got plenty of helicopters. Like, take this, pull whatever parts you need and replace them later. Right. Give me the helicopter rebuilt back and we'll call it even. Um, and he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, man, it's, it's not a big deal. So. He took the heli, took so many parts off it to get uh, his back in the air. That <laughs> he calls me up and he's like, how much you want for the airframe so I don't have to put this back together? So we came to an agreement. I took that money and I put it towards a Nick Maxwell edition Spectre V2. So that is currently sitting in my office uh, waiting for me to start the build. So I got some fun oh presents. So I didn't do any flying last week, but I got some fun toys to play with. Um, other than that... Uh, not a super eventful week in the hobby, other than I just want to take a brief moment to say thank you to all of the people that reached out to me on Facebook or on Messenger or via email who welcomed me to the RCHN family. Uh, you know, the nation reached out and they were super kind and, and appreciative and uh, said a lot of nice things. So I just want to take a moment to say thank you for all of that. I really uh, appreciated feeling that welcome. So uh, that's pretty much Fantastic. it for me. You are so loved. what you're telling me, what you're telling me, Nick, is... I'm not going to get an opportunity to turn that Spectre V2 into a gasser. That's what you're telling me? I'm, no one would ever get an opportunity <laughs> to turn one of my helicopters into a gasser. I just, I, I don't believe in noise pollution. I won't let that happen to the planet. Oh, oh really? We're going to win you over. We're going to win you over, Nick. Someday, someday. You might, I'm right on the edge of being pushed into a nitro if I can find a mechanic like Tarek has, but you'll never push me into a gasser. It'll never. You live happen. on the East Coast? Uh, I'm in Atlanta. Oh. I know some guys up north. I know some guys, Joe. This guy's from New Jersey. I know some guys. Oh, oh believe yeah. me. They're, if they're gasser guys, I can hear them. It sounds like the lawnmower's running. Oh, next they're coming. Well, if they're you coming. put that tuned pipe on there, you can hear it from across the ocean. So. Oh, that thing's uh -huh. awful. But so what you're, you're telling me that if a fully built gasser shows up at your doorstep, ready to go, you're going to deny that gasser a home? Here's the thing. If a fully built gasser shows up at my house... I will say a sincere apology to Doug Darby, who I think is a, a wonderful guy in the hobby. I've never met him, but he just seems like one of those awesome people in the hobby that I would love to meet. And I would apologize to him personally, and then I would send it back. I, I, just, <laughs> I don't like wow. engines. Engines and I don't agree. I can't even keep my lawnmower running. Um, like it's just, it's just not my thing. I'm glad that other people love it. I think it's awesome that our hobby has all these little facets you can dig into, but it's one of those that's just not for me. What Maybe nitro. I really want a nitro just for rooster pulls, and then I'll put it away and never. And like, I only want to bring it to fun flies, and I only want to fly it at six a.m. because I like to. Word alert! Word alert! What the hell is a rooster pull? Rooster. What is a rooster pull? What? That is when wait, you wake up. Okay, earlier, wait, wait. You wake up at sunrise, or usually before in the dark, and I make coffee on my little Coleman gas, you know, cooker that I bring to a fun fly, and then as soon as the sun is high enough, like. Barely, you make as much noise with your helicopter as you possibly can at a fun fly to wake everybody's ass up. Oh, helicopter! Like a good okay. idea. Oh, so you mean like a normal fun fly? Like yeah. A normal... 
Okay. Yeah, but I, but I I want a nitro for just that, and then I want to put it away and not deal with it. I think under the lights too would be counted in that as well. Rooster pulls and three a.m. night flights. I think. Yeah, see, I'm counted. I'm too old for three a.m. Yeah. at this point. It just doesn't happen anymore. Rob, you weren't you weren't you weren't familiar with that term either. Rooster pull. No, I'm learning on the fly here. It's so it's, uh, fascinating. I'm gonna. <sighs> I'm going to complain a little bit and don't read too much into this complaint. It's just me being a fuddy duddy, but everybody is referring to their heli flights as poles. When did that start and why? I don't do that other than rooster yeah. pole. I don't, I don't know. I don't say I'm going to go take a pull. I mean, you'll see, yeah, you'll see the Facebook and it, it, you know, whatever. It's no, no skin off my nuts. I don't really care, but it's just like, that's just weird. It's like, uh, that nothing like weird. some lunchtime pulls. Dude, I call yeah. them packs. Like, what is that? It's the What's pack the or a tank. Between a pull and a tug. Him, I call them a <laughs> <laughs> two completely different hobbies, Nick. <laughs> All right, thanks, Rob. <laughs> I always just called them flights. Nothing like you just walk right flights. in there and turn the light off. I just call it a regular old pack or a flight. Yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, I'm anyway. with you. Yeah, I'm I don't call it pulls other than rooster pull, which makes sense for some reason, but everything else is a flight. Dude, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like uh, nitro. At the golden hour or first thing in the morning when the wind, there's no wind and, and you just fill the whole area up with nitro smoke. It does look cool as hell, dude, for sure. It, it does just, look it cool It smells great. That is what I'm tempted is, is that moment. And see, it looks awesome. And here's the nice thing too with gassers at that particular moment is because it smells like someone's cooking hot dogs. And all the mosquitoes go away. You're, you're, I mean, Devin, does your dad use, uh, does he actually use a gas mix or do you use we white use, gas? We use pump gas. Yeah, there's just when you're burning the like the Coleman white fuel. Oh, the Coleman just, fuel, yes. It just smells so good. <laughs> oh, the camp huh? fuel, yeah. Yes, yes, it smells really, really good. I know a lot of people that actually do fly that because they don't want the gas smell in their house. Yeah, that's exactly what I flew when I was doing gassers. I'd buy that shit by the gallon, and it's really, you know, it's more expensive. I think I don't, I don't remember what I was paying. Ten dollars. They, they put those in the house. They don't just like hang them up next to the weed eater. <laughs> hose them off when they're done show some respect Nick <laughs> <laughs> there you go Dan an 800 size gasser scale might as well just go with a turbine at that point well I had a big 22 pound gasser at one time I didn't really care for it it was a Bergen yeah my yeah. mistake so yeah thanks for asking I'll tell you guys what I've been up to this week <laughs> none of you seem to give a shit what's, what's crapping Dan what do you no, been doing? Nothing exciting. What's so, lacking? so I've been going to fun flies for the past month and a half and I've been going in a lot of pain and not really being able to do a whole lot. Thinking it was just part of this autoimmune disease that I've been dealing with for, for a long, long, long time. Basically a hyperarthritic condition. Yeah. I just thought that my ankle joint was acting up. It's <laughs> just old. Right? Yeah. So Monday after... Uh, we recorded last week, I believe on Sunday. And then I went to work Monday morning and about halfway through the day, I just could not take it. Like the pain was real. It was like unbelievably real. And I just looked at my boss and I said, I've got to go figure out what's happening. So I went to a orthopedic walk-in and, um, I mean, excruciating pain for hours while I'm waiting in the waiting room. 
Finally, they get me in. They take an x-ray. The x-ray tech, uh, knowing that I was a nurse because they ask you all those questions, he said, so how many times have you broken your ankle? I'm like, uh, <laughs> never. He goes, oh, really? Do you want to come look at this? <laughs> I'm like, oh, sure. Uh, you know, I can't read x-rays, but I've seen, you know, through the years I've seen and been able to distinguish, you know, things that are wrong in an x-ray. Yeah. And even I, with an untrained eye, looked at that x-ray and thought, holy shit, what happened there? I mean, it was just blatantly uh, disseminated. Like the where the bone comes down onto the ankle, it was like split. It was splitting up the middle. It was splitting on the sides. And um, so the doctor comes in, you know, he'd looked at the x-rays. He comes in and he kind of touches my ankle once or twice and he looks at me and he goes... Um, surgery Thursday. <laughs> like, uh, hi, in. my name's Dan. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> he said, no, he said, he said, um, I don't know. He said, this isn't a new break. Uh, I can tell you that. Don't know how long it's been broke, but you've been walking on a broken ankle for quite some time. And he said, the only way we can fix it is surgery. Um, uh, okay. So Thursday, I, kind of timed the release of the show because I was supposed to go into surgery at three o'clock. I, I figured I would release the show uh, at four o'clock and then I would have something <laughs> exciting to look at while I'm in the hospital. <laughs> well, that never happened. The surgery didn't happen until like nine o'clock at night. I'm sitting in the hospital room or the pre-op for a number of hours. I guess there were complications with the surgeries before me. But anyway, while I was being prepped and waiting, I was able to kind of follow along with the release. It was a fantastic release of a first ep- first episode. And as Nick said, thank you so much for the kind words. Thank you for the reception of Rob and Nick, uh, everybody that's listening. Um, I, a lot of folks were glad to hear Rob and had a lot of complimentary things to say. They were very pleased with Nick and um, really looking forward to, to what it brings. And of course, now we've got Devin. Uh, pretty excited. Needless to say, I didn't get any flying in because I was dealing with that. However, surgery on Thursday, a significant amount of pain uh, throughout the weekend. But on Sunday, the club president called and he said, hey, man, they've got this Warbirds over Carlisle. I can't remember what they call it. So in a big event at the very, very nice club that I belong to out there. Like an air show or RC show? Yeah, it's like an RC show. uh, It's like a fun fly for Warbirds. Oh, cool. You know, people come from, you know, there are quite a few people there actually, but he said, hey, um, a lot of people were really kind of hoping you would come and bring some helicopters and do some flying. And I said, well, that's changed. I said, I had, obviously I told him what had happened and he said, oh man, that's, that's a bummer. So I hung up and my wife was sitting right there and um, she said, well, you know, if you want to go, uh, just tell me which heli you want me to put in the truck or in the car and, and what you need and I'll load it all up and we can, you know, I've got a electric wheelchair and we've got a, a lift. We can put the car on or the lift on the car and we can drive out there. And, oh, nice. Know. Yeah. And she, she handled everything. She unloaded everything. She helped me charge my batteries and I went out. It was a little much. I did get one flight in. I was a little apprehensive because I am on painkillers. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I didn't, all I did was kind of hover and a little, you know, nothing 
basically they just wanted to see it fly and then they wanted to sit around and ask a bunch of questions about it. I hung out long enough to lose the raffle, which is, you know, part of the course. That's what I do at Fun Flies is lose raffles. You're right, right. <laughs> and uh, came home. But, you know, it was a nice, nice to get out. Um, I am not going to be at work for a number of weeks. Potentially I can do some work from home. I'm going to have to, to get kind of caught back up. But as my pain level decreases and I no longer have to take narcotics and I can kind of rely on Tylenol, uh, we've kind of decided that um, she she's going to be very su- supportive. Fantastic woman, by the way, you guys. Oh, my God. Dude, it sounds like it. It's like the perfect heli queen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like, well, whenever you want to go, um, just let me know. And when I get back from work, we'll load a couple of helis up and and – We'll take them and we can hang out for a couple hours and get some flying in. So, so Dan, question for you. Hmm? Uh, I saw that your wife can take some fairly good pictures of you and like yeah. the heli and stuff. Can she track the heli well? Is she going to be your videographer? Uh, you know, I, I mean, uh, hard sports, not that fast. So no, no, no. <laughs> well, I don't, the way I fly. Yeah. I mean, pretty much anybody, can, all she has to do is stand back about 10 feet, right? Just, just turn the tripod a little. <laughs> yeah. Just turn the tripod a little. Yeah, I mean, she, she'll figure it out. I mean, um, I'm not really one to bore anybody with my flight videos. But, um, yeah, I mean, I would suspect at some point we'll get something like that going. Nah, no, but for real, though, it's cool when, like, family members can appreciate each other's hobbies. You know what I mean? Whether it's, like, siblings or a husband and wife or a parent and a child. You know, and it's really cool that she's that supportive of you in the hobby and stuff. Yeah, so. and, yeah. dude, Probably. totally. I mean, she's... Been to every fun fly. Like she comes to the fun flies. Yeah, sweet. Uh, Devin actually was able to meet her when when she went out went out to the free fly, and she um, she actually drove into town at night to get me hot dogs. Yeah, so she goes yes. to get the bacon too. Yeah, she went to get hot dogs. Tell That's me to right. go get my own. <laughs> she brought me my beer. I mean, how awesome is that? Yeah, the anyway, and everything. Yeah, so. Unfortunately, what that means going forward due to uh, recovery is uh, no more events this year for me, I don't think, because I'm going to be unable to walk until probably October 10th. And then from there, I've probably got another eight weeks of therapy. And obviously, I want to take it seriously, right? I I mean, because this is like... uh, the doctor basically told me there is no repairing this, so don't don't fuck this up. Yeah, do it right the first time. Um, yeah. If we have to go in and try to repair it, most likely we're in the, we're just gonna take your foot because we won't be able to repair it because it was just that tattered. So I got to take it seriously. So yeah, for sure. no more keep, events keep that foot, man. this year. A little bit of flying probably in the next week, week and a half, when I can stop taking narcotics to uh, be able to function and. Um, it's really about it. No, you know, I'm still working on the N7 and uh, not really in a hurry to do that. That's about it. That's about all I've been up to, guys. Uh, recovering surgery. Wow, that was a lot. Yeah, yeah man. I'm a busy guy, dude. Busy, a busy guy. Busy guy. Busy, busy, busy guy. Well, get better, brother. All right, yeah. man. Thanks. Well, let's go into some news. All right. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
Do you need some stool softener? They gave me some. I can <laughs> give it to you. Not anymore, dude. I was like, did you just stroke out in the middle of that? What, what just happened there? <laughs> I'm blessed by yeah. the news of the Lord. <laughs> oh, no. oh, my God. Lordy. On that note, let's talk about the news this week. Let's talk about the lack of news this week. So as is kind of tradition in the hobby, there's usually a bit of a lull uh, news-wise post-Urcha. And this week is no different. Uh, Just a couple of minor updates here. Uh, Nick Maxwell V2 kits have shipped. Uh, If you were smart enough to get a pre-order in, uh, mine arrived uh, in the initial pre-order a few days ago. So if you pre-ordered one of those, you should have one now. Uh, Limited shipments arrived of those. So if uh, you didn't get your order and get one in now, I hear that uh, a few retailers have um, single digits of them laying around. So pick one up now if you want to. Uh, Raw 420 kits from SAB have a little bit of a delay, but there's lots of pictures of giant stacks of boxes. So those should be shipping uh, soon, but really, that's about it for news, man. I tr- I dug around all over the place, and it's just that you know everybody's kind of gears up for Urcha, and then everybody's kind of you know relaxing and taking a little time off. Um, I have found a set of Azure 700s blades that we talked about last week in the hands of a club member, so I hope to fly those uh, tomorrow when Sean and I meet up. So I'll be sure and report back on those. Uh, and with any luck, pre-orders are open for the Azure 700S now at a lot of retailers, so you can get your order in for those new blades and give those a try. I'll let you know uh, next week what I think of them. Uh, but that's really honestly about it for news. Uh, kind of a slow news week. My opinion, I think you're going to like the 700S blades. In my oh, they're, if they live up to the hype, they're right up my alley. Uh, a buddy say. of mine who's into F3C, uh, Brian Birdsong, gave them a try. Uh, and he actually ran both sets of Azures, the, you know, the sort of 3D, more agile style, and then the 700S. And, you know, in a low head speed hover, it was night and day between the two and the way they oh, were yeah. So uh, I expect for my jam, kind of in that 1400 RPM range on a 700, they're going to be awesome. So I look forward to giving them a try. So we're not going to make something up? I mean, we could. Breaking wow. news. <laughs> what do we want to make up? I don't Dude, know. We put Devin a, on the spot. Devin, give us an oxy update. What do you got? Yeah, not too much right now at this moment. Um, <laughs> working on we're we're continuing progress on the flash as much as we can with uh, beat in, impeding on how Luca's feeling and everything like that after his post COVID scenario and everything like that. So. Um, it's, we're just trying to chug along as best as we can. So, Devin, just for, for those that don't know you as well as, as some of us do, um, uh, you are sponsored by Oxy. I know you have a great relationship with Luca. Tell us a, just a little bit about that. Oh, Jesus. So I first met Luca at Urcha, I think, 2016 or 2017, when I, was, when I first went to Urcha. And I didn't talk too much to him I, I bill ann was uh was a sponsored by him so he and bill ann loves oxys and so i knew him through that and everything like that and then as i continued to grow i started naturally myself drifting towards oxy and really falling in love with them and then one year at at urcha him rasmus jacobson aaron wolf and samuel were watching me fly and Luca pulled me off to the side, asked me to fly for him. And ever since then, 
I talk to him almost every week. He's, I, I, he's like a family member. Uh, honestly, it's the best way to put it. We, we talk about more than business, you know, ask how he's doing, everything like that, more importantly. And um, it's, it's just one big family, family feeling. Um, and he's a super great guy and cares about everyone. Well, that's awesome, man. I'm, uh, we were all pulling for him. It's amazing that he, you know, he really made it through quite, uh, uh, you know, a very scary time for him and his family. And, and, you know, we're thrilled he's, you know, he's working his way back into the hobby. So, uh, looking forward to hearing some updates yeah, from him was, on uh, that front. It was, it was a really scary for those couple of weeks and even into months. So, um, we were very happy when we got the phone call from him that he was back home. So, yeah, that's awesome. And now yeah. he's just dealing um since he was had COVID for so long and all the all the side effects and the post COVID side effects and everything like that, he's just dealing with now and he's working through it. Well that's good to, that's good to hear, yeah. That's uh affected a lot of people <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I could I could agree. There were I there were a lot of people that once they once they found out because we were we were initially trying to keep it kind of close in between uh, like us and Luke, Luca, everyone that knows him very well at first and then, and then tell everybody the situation. Uh, but it got out very quick. Um, right. So then it kind of was a little bit of explaining of what, what the scenario was and everything like that. And ultimately he's a very strong person and managed to, pull through and we were all thankful for that so yeah heck yeah dude that's good to hear no i think there's there's a ton of oxy fans who are waiting for that flash to be released patiently and, and uh, what it is you know, i know pick one up and and be super excited about it they're gonna yeah. love it that's what that's what i can say they're gonna love it it's a really good flying machine it really is excellent right on all right well if nobody yeah, else has any, no one else wants to make up any news rob you want to make something up dude yeah. i have a um a kind of piece of heli archaeology sort of a, a rare find. Uh, so I posted a picture on my uh, Next Gen RC Facebook page uh, just from this morning. I fly in my X5 and fly in my drones and stuff, right? And I mentioned earlier I had a friend that was from out in the Philippines area of Far East. Back when I knew him, that's where he was at. But anyway, he replied to my thread. And in his picture, he's got his coffee out and some heli stuff on the table. But in the picture, I see what looks like uh, of some brand 450 with a fly barred head. And so it's super rare to see that nobody flies fly bar anymore. Right. But I thought it was pretty sweet. So I'm like, yo, I love it. And I got a, a heli, uh, it's old Gowie 425 kit kit that I upgraded to the 550 carbon fiber kit. It's, it's kind of in pieces and there's parts that aren't on there that I need to get like frame pieces that I'm just going to come up with something that'll work. But I'm going to run that on a fly bar. So I thought it was really cool that I that another person somewhere in the world is actively working on a fly bar heli. So shout out to all the benders out there. I'd love to hear <laughs> who else is out there just bending it back. You know what I'm saying? Um, yep. So uh, that's uh, taking it way back to the old school. And you don't really need much of shit but a receiver and uh, good paddles, I guess. You know, and you're and, a, and a little patience and a little patience, patience right? To set that <laughs> head up, right? Yeah, Rob, you got to sure. meet. Uh, I still. Dude, I still have one. Yeah, man. Yeah, I have you, a Raptor 30 flybar head. Rob, Ooh. you got to meet Dan Murnane, who's uh, an awesome pilot here in the Southeast. And uh, 
He's he's known for flying a flybar. I think it's an Align Seven Hundred uh, yes, Nitro. Yes, an uh, uh, Night flying the thing, and he just smacks it inches from the ground in this very unique nice. style to Dan, and it's awesome to watch. Did you see what he was? Uh, I'm pretty sure what he was flying that on originally. No, he put it on a V bar, and if you can fly fly bar on a V bar, if you turn the head gains down all the yeah, way, to, to the fly like bar. to zero, yeah, yeah. So he had the V bar feel in a fly bar heli. That's awesome. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. Dude, one of the things I missed, and it, it's just one of the things that drew me into the hobby was the complex mechanics of the helicopter's head and how the disc of the fly bar that the fly bar paddles makes, its interaction is like a quarter turn off from the heli's interaction. So by the time it imparts the control, one more 90 degrees, you know, one more quarter turn, that blade that main blade is now pitched to where you can be going the right way so everything was just really cool to learn how to wrap my brain around that and then yeah if you get everybody remembers that that were was in the hobby with flybar helis um devin i maybe you flew flybar helis too um but you can remember flying the heli and watching it bank to the side or something and you get two distinct discs i remember yes my one uh, my one head i specifically got different color paddles because I wanted to see this ring, this orange ring of KBDD paddles on my, on uh, on the flybar part, and then my white blades that I painted the tips orange. So then I had a bit a orange, big orange ring, big white disc, little orange ring, and it was so satisfying to fly that. Even though I wasn't like super pro pilot, uh, smacking it down hard with the the best helicopter that was out there. When I'm flying and I have it up in the air, and I know that I put all that together, that crazy complex head and i chose the color scheme and it satisfies my brain in that way that's like like we've said many times that's what makes this hobby so cool yeah rc helis are the shit you know that totally takes me back because i that's the one thing i remember having a conversation with nick lynn about this way back in the beginning of rchn we were i had that helimax i don't even 400 ish Ready to fly helicopter, and I oh just remember God. I was I was sitting there looking at, at, with no idea what any of that, you know, what any of this stuff was called, how it all worked. I was spinning the head, going, "That is really impressive. Yeah. How all those little parts move in unison, and something cool happens." But it's mesmerizing. We digress. Well, I guess that's it for news. We we really didn't have anything exciting. I mean, you know, we're gonna we're gonna make news up. We got to really go big, go you know, go big or go home. But obviously, we didn't. Decide to make up too much news this week. We'll work on it. We'll work, we'll on, work it. on it. Yeah, for sure. I heard rumors of a blelly. It's a blimp heli, and it's got like four RPM head speed, oh, and it takes like I nine really minutes to pyro flip. Dude, that, that was a transition, dude. We're moving on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> So we have an exciting guest this week. Uh, his name was already mentioned once or twice, but uh, obviously with what's been happening, we were intrigued to, to get Angel Ro- uh, Rojas on the show, kind of get his side of the story of, of, of um, the article he published, uh, look into the in- inner workings of, Ar- of Urcha and kind of see what's happening there, what he was hoping to uh, accomplish. So we're going to go ahead and play that interview right back after it's over.
All right, guys. Well, here we are with Angel Rojas. Did I pronounce your name right? You got it right. See? I can do that. These guys all doubted that I was going to get your name right. We're off to it's a good start. It's not hard. Hey, all right. <laughs> so, Angel, obviously, you know, we have you for uh, we have you here for a very specific reason. But before we kind of delve into that, let's get a little, you know, let's let our listeners, for those who aren't familiar, I know you've been in the hobby for a long time. Can yeah, you give us um, a little bit of your background? Tell us a little bit about uh, how you got your start and, and where it's taken you. Yeah, I, I started in the hobby back about 2006 and uh, really just uh, local with small helis, uh, flying with friends here locally and uh, uh, kind of just stayed in the background for quite some time. Uh, then I think probably around 11, I, I went out to OHB and uh, uh, Orlando Heli Blowout, uh, Burton Carey's event. And uh, for many years, just kind of went, I, I went with a friend of mine, uh, who I flew with uh, locally here. And again, just kind of hung out in the background and didn't really make any noise. And I wasn't really flying that much. I could probably barely hover. And um, I could, uh, you know, I, I think I had done my first backflip in like 2012. So again, a lot <laughs> okay. of people have the same story. They, they sure. you know, they just don't progress in the hobby or, or, or whatnot. And uh, then in 2017, I think it was, yeah, 2017, I finally like gathered up the nerve to bring helis and fly at OHB. Because uh, again, like a lot of people, when, when you don't fly that well and, and uh, you know, you're just self-conscious and you think, you know, well, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to embarrass myself in front of a bunch of people. I, I, I just didn't, didn't do it. So 2017, I finally gathered up the nerves to do it. I brought out my uh, radical, uh, Century Radical G20 uh, gasser, the worst gasser known to mankind. <laughs> I remember it. <laughs> um, I had wanted at OHB in, in 20, uh, 2012, I think it was. Um, but yeah, so I brought it out and I flew it. And uh, Frank uh, Moradiellos uh, from the Hangout uh, saw it. He's like, hey, man, that's a cool heli. Let me see you fly it. So I flew it um, after uh, uh, it took. So that's also where I met uh, Jared Mincy. Um, it took Jared probably about 30, 45 minutes to help me get that thing started because, uh, it just didn't want to start. Uh, the carb was probably uh, dirty or something and, and, uh, we just couldn't get it to start. So we finally got it started. And, um, and after that, uh, I decided, you know what, I want to do this more. So I joined a local club, triple, uh, triple Creek RC there. I met, uh, knob, uh, Meraki. He's, uh, one of the, uh, top F3C pilots in the country. And, uh, I'm blessed that, that he flies at my local club. I saw him fly. I fell in love with the uh, F3C style and I thought, you know, those are cool maneuvers. I'll never be able to do them. Uh, and, and I was just, you know, but I figured let me try it anyway. And, uh, so that was early 2018. Uh, at the end of the year, we had our, our contest, our, our RC heli classic, and I, I participated in it. Um, and then by the next year in 19, I, I went and did my first Nats and uh, won in the sportsman uh, division. And then uh, I guess after that, it's all history. I started to, uh, um, to, to fly competitively each year in the Nats and uh, fly at local events. And then uh, some sponsors, you know, saw how I was helpful with people and they asked me to, uh, to represent them. So uh, KBDD, uh, Heli Direct. Ellie Direct was actually the first one. Um, 
Contronic and, uh, and, and, uh, uh, then miniature aircraft. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so that, that's just been kind of a whirlwind. It's been, been kind of fun and, and exciting. And, uh, it's always good to, to help others, uh, get in the hobby. I, I hate that, uh, sometimes the hobby is a little bit hard to get into because it, it is hard to fly. Um, it's hard to progress. And if you don't have anything, any goals to, to shoot for, uh, it's, it's hard to get motivated to get out there and fly. So that's why I like the competition. And I always encourage people to, to compete because it is a goal. Uh, there's clear rules and clear things that uh, you want to get to. And so that, that's why I encourage people to compete. And I wish more people would get out to competition. Uh, the past couple of years, we've seen more participants, which uh, has been awesome. And I'm looking forward to seeing more next year. That's great. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, it's a very, like you said, it's a very common story. I mean, a lot of us can relate. You go to a fun fly, you're just watching everybody else just beat the shit out of their helicopters. <laughs> yep. And you're thinking, ah, you know, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, it, it's, it's always nerve wracking. Like for example, uh, the, my primary, uh, you know, my airframe sponsor, miniature aircraft, they haven't been able to, to come out to the U S until this year because of the pandemic. So most of my time, uh, being sponsored by them, uh, they hadn't even seen me fly. And so I'll tell you a, a funny story at Urcha this year, they finally get to see me fly. And on the first flight, um, I'm known to just for, for, for my low RPM, absolute stupidity. And, uh, so I, I, I take my, my whiplash and, and I tell Joseph here, have you ever seen it fly at 850 RPM with 12 packs? Oh, nice. And he's uh-huh. like, he's like, no, I said, okay, well, I'll show you. So I'm, I, I, you know, take off, I bring into a hover. I mean, it's hovering perfectly, no wobbles or anything. And I go and fly it around. And I said, all right, now you want to see something exciting. I'm going to roll it. He said, no, don't risk it. And I said, oh, I've done this a bunch <laughs> of times. It's fine. Right. So, uh, my mistake is I roll it into the wind. You're supposed to roll with the wind behind you and I lose all the lift, all of it. It's gone. And oh, this no. thing falls and mangles itself. Oh, no. You'd have thought it was doing like 2,500 RPM with as much damage as I did to it. Oh, but no, it was the oh. slowest crash ever. <laughs> it hits the ground. The, the back part of the tail boom shears off where the, 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 the clamp from the boom supports uh, were at. And the tail rotor like takes off like another heli and goes into like a hover <laughs> and then falls. And we're all just sitting watching in horror. And I'm like, all right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm just not going to fly the rest of the weekend. This is not my weekend. <laughs> so um, apparently a bunch of other people saw that very low RPM flight. And uh, anyway, so you just got to put yourself out there. I mean, crap happens. You're going to you're gonna wreck the heli and it's okay. And, and, and then you get over it and... and everything's fine. You fix it. You know, you get past the the cost. I mean, yes, I'm sponsored, but I still have to buy my own blades, uh, because I, 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 uh, my competition blades are not made by, by KBDD. I have to fly some special F3C blades. So that was expensive. Um, in fact, uh, those blades are like not even, they're unobtainium. They're the SAB, uh, 730 world champion blades. So I wrecked a set of, of blades that took me forever to find. So yeah, yeah. I, I had to, I had to get past that, which was fine. And, and then, you know, taking a hammer to the heli to, to take out a mangled up uh, Jesus bolt on the bottom. That was fun. So, <laughs> I bet it's there. flying again. Ready ready for Heli X in, in, uh, in a couple of weeks. Nice. That's great. Well, I look forward to seeing it at 850 RPM. That'll be fun. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be awesome to see. 
all right, fine. I'll use a different set of blades so I don't lose some. Uh, I, I don't lose some nice there blades again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously, uh, as of recent, you've kind of made some waves within the hobby uh, with an article that you wrote, and we'd like to ask oh, so you a few I questions. Hear. <laughs> yeah, so you hear. Uh, we heard as well, <laughs> and so we'd like to ask you a few questions about it. Mainly, you know, we're going to kind of roundtable this. Everybody's kind of got some questions they want to ask you, some, and we'll go from there and kind of, you know, we're just kind of here to get your side of things, right? We want to know what it is that encouraged you to do what you did and, and what you were hoping to accomplish with it and kind of your general thoughts uh, of that article, you know, from an impact basis on the hobby. Most everybody's read it, I would assume at this point. And if you haven't read it, I know that it was removed from one of the more popular Facebook groups. At least the first one was your follow-up. I don't know. I did read your follow-up on Facebook, but you have a webpage, right? Where people can go read it if they wanted to, that you have it published on. Yeah. My personal blog, angelrojasjr.com, angelrojasjr.com. I did it there uh, because I anticipated it would be uh, controversial and so I figured the only way to keep uh, from being canceled into is to be uncancelable. So I put it on my personal yeah. blog. You know, it was disappointing to see it uh, getting removed. Uh, but I understand people have their their interests to protect and whatnot. So uh, it is what it is. And sure. uh, the nice part is is that the the it did get read. So uh, it did. I'm, yes, it did. I'm I'm looking at uh, looking at the stats now from from my website and and uh, yeah it got read uh, the first article got read a little over two thousand times uh, and the follow ons uh, also got read quite a few times and uh, so if anybody knows me they know that I have a, a pretty uh, strong moral compass that always points uh, in one direction and that comes from my faith uh, I have a very strong faith and uh, I always always do the right thing. Uh, it doesn't always make everybody happy. Uh, but I also live from the mantra that you can't make everybody happy, but, um, I always do the right thing. And I've heard for years rumors about stuff happening at Urcha and I'm like, this drama is crazy. Uh, so, um, when I, when I discovered that there was a court case going on, I became incredibly interested and uh, as I started researching the court case and started seeing things uh, coming to light, I said, wow, so, so there might be something true to some of these rumors. And I looked into uh, some of the other details around the court case and I said, OK, so there's even organizational and, and uh, registration issues. And, you know, how, how they say where there's smoke, there's fire. It got got my interest and I just kept digging and kind of compiling the info into ultimately the, the, the post that you saw. I'll preface all of that or, you know, I, I'll just, these are my friends. Okay. Right. Uh, Tim is, is one of my sponsors, Contronic. Okay. Uh, so Wes, uh, I fly with him in, uh, in the Nats. Um, also a Contronic teammate. Uh, Dan, I didn't know as well. Uh, but, but I, again, I, I dealt with him and I, and I've seen him at the Nats and Urcha for, for years. So, um, and, uh, and Robert Monty, uh, again, a, a very close friend of mine. We actually spoke this weekend for about, uh, uh, gosh, I think I lost track. I think it was about five hours that we spoke on the phone this weekend, just, uh, shooting the breeze and catching up and stuff. Um, so these are friends of mine and to see these things coming along, it was, it was hurtful to see it. 
it was uh, it was tough to kind of stomach and 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 then hear the testimony on on uh, on audio. L- let me clear one thing. There's a lot of things that were alleged uh, by Charles. Those things I don't have a way to prove them. You know that they were alleged. Uh, there's evidence there that if somebody wants to go and look and and uh, dig on their own. Um, you know, they can do that. Uh, I listed them there because it is a fact that Charles alleged those things during uh, the uh, testimony. And I, I wanted to report on what I heard. I wanted to try to take a journalistic approach from from what I saw. So that's why the article was written how it was written. Uh, but then there were some other things that were not alleged that were facts. For example, the organization ceased to exist officially in, in 2013. It was administratively dissolved. And uh, I'm a business owner, so I, I have to understand what stuff like that means in order to run my business properly and uh, to run it lawfully according to the laws of my state. So when I saw those things, I knew immediately, okay, there, there are issues here. And, and so some of those facts have to be dealt with. And my intent behind writing the article and reporting on this was to effect effect a change, right? Uh, a lot of the rumors that have stemmed around for years, uh, and I've researched into a lot of them, all surround transparency in the organization and and uh, the lack of transparency. And they've been around for over a decade. You know, people asking for financials. I looked on HeliFreak. We don't have RunWriter anymore, so I couldn't look at some of the posts that that I saw referenced in there. But for years, people have been asking for financials and, and for transparency. I looked on the Urcha website. The financials there are not financials. They're just a spreadsheet with some numbers. When I look for financials as a business owner, I'm looking for three things. I'm looking for the uh, P&L or, or income statement. I'm looking for the balance sheet, and I'm looking for a statement of cash flows. And those three uh, particular documents tell me a lot about the organization and what's going on behind it. And so those things weren't available. They weren't even being prepared. And so uh, really the point of all of it was to validate some of the suspicions that we've got a transparency issue that people have been calling about for years, but most importantly say, okay, it, it ends now. It ends we need to have transparency. We need to run this organization in, in a manner that is worthy of the the awesome hobby that we have, because I don't think you'll find any one of us that would say, you know, our hobby sucks because it doesn't suck. We have an awesome hobby. And uh, I love to share that hobby. Like last year, um, myself, Nob, Pat, Bruce Wiki, and uh, uh, Gina Tucker, we buddy boxed 20 kids at an event. So the four of us got together. Gina and I were were the primary pilots on on the helis, and uh, Pat and Nob were working with the kids to help walk them through how to fly the heli and, and things like that, which worked awesome. If you ever have to do a a buddy box for uh, for kids, uh, that's a great way to do it. Have experienced pilots uh, doing the instruction, not you, and you can focus on flying the heli. Keeps you from crashing, and the kids have a better time because you're not yelling at them to say, you know, don't do that or do this or do that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but all that to say, look, I have I, I love my hobby. I love this hobby. I want to share it with as many people as possible. And to have 
to have the organization that is the SIG, the, the, the special interest group for AMA that represents the helicopter part of the hobby, not have its act together and be under so many questions of integrity, that just was unacceptable to me. And it was disappointing to see, see how many people were saying, look, I just want to fly my helis. Um, most of the people didn't say that, but there were people that say, just, you know, I don't know why you're doing this. I just want to fly my helis. Well, the reason I'm doing this is because we deserve it. We deserve uh, the organization. We, we deserve an organization that has transparency. If we give an organization money to put on an event, it should be transparent about that, especially if it's a nonprofit. We deserve to have an awesome time at an event. We deserve to have an awesome event. You know, walking around Urcha this year, it, it, you know, it was a little bit better than last year as far as attendance, but it still just wasn't the first Urcha I attended, which was in uh, 2018. Uh, it, it, it wasn't filled like normal. And you talk to people that had been going for, for years and, you know, in its heyday, there were over a thousand pilots registered. So, you know, we deserve as hobbyists to, um, to get a return on, on the investment we make going to Urcha, uh, on the return or a return on the investment we make going to events. And, um, and this was a part of it. And most importantly, again, being a business owner, I look at the thousands of dollars that, uh, uh, sponsors pay to be there. And it makes me cringe if they, if I, you know, if they're not going to get an investment, uh, a return on that investment, uh, you know, as a business owner, I, I, I watch every dollar I spend. I try to be as wise as possible and, uh, as, as good as possible with every dollar I, I invest in, in the business. And so I have to make sure, you know, with anything I'm involved in, you know, miniature aircraft, heli direct, uh, Contronic, KBDD, all my sponsors, I want to make sure they get value for, uh, an event they're attending. And if there are not a lot of pilots there, they're not getting value. And so that concerns me. So, uh, so many of these things all put together, I, I knew that, Hey, you know what? We've got to do something about this. People need to know for, first off that they, they, there's an organization that needs, uh, to, uh, uh, needs to have, uh, it's, it's organizational structure, uh, fixed. And by, what I mean by that is it needs to be legal. So the organization right now isn't really a legal entity. Um, there's two organizations. Uh, one is the expired one, and the other one is uh, Urcha Inc., which uh, was founded in, in 2019. Uh, from what I understand, Charles put it together because they were unsuccessful in getting the old registration renewed, and so this was a way forward. And, um, you know, if you look at, if you listen to any of the, of the, uh, testimony, there's dispute over which organization they recognize and which bylaws, uh, do this and that or the other, the guys, the Urcha guys, and it's, it's hard for me to call them the board because, uh, again, it, there's no organization, so there's no board, uh, but, uh, Dan, Tim and, and Wes, you know, we, we talked in, in the trailer on, on Thursday evening they don't recognize Urcha Inc. as a valid organization. So then they don't recognize those bylaws as the, the valid bylaws and all that stuff. Uh, so then if they don't recognize Urcha Inc., I, then then they can't transact as Urcha Inc. So they're transacting as International Radio, Helico Radio Control Helicopter Association, the Urcha we all thought existed, but that doesn't exist. So I don't know if you can follow all that, and I'll, I'll give you a chance to yep. kind of ask me some follow on questions, but sure. that, that stuff, you know, that stuff that has to, has to be fixed. I don't think there's any dispute with the points that you bring up. I don't think there's any dispute. And as for as long as I can remember, 
there's always been this uh, almost secret society kind of mentality and rumors of this and that, never quite substantiated. All that aside, not that we need to brush that aside, but but I'm curious, and just to kind of play devil's advocate a little bit, there seems to be uh, some question about the timing. Is there uh, any motives other than altruistic motives that you might have? It, it, you know, you, you just laid out a, a very nice explanation, and it makes perfectly good sense. And I think that uh, most people, reasonable people, will be able to understand that, that, that we want some transparency and we want accountability in an organization that is supposed to be a SIG, right? If you look at your Facebook account, relatively, you were, you were gone from Facebook for about two years, roughly, and then you, you pop back into Facebook and you, you release this story the day before Urcha starts. Was, there, was that intended? I mean, obviously, did you do that because you figured you were going to get the most exposure for that? Yeah, what was the I, reasoning I, behind that? I uh, I deleted my Facebook account uh, back in January of 21, and um, I, I've had a few friends begging me to get back on Facebook because they like the content I post, and I re- I've been resisting it for months. So a couple months ago, I opened up a Facebook account, and, and I have a page under it, Angel Rojas RC uh, mm-hmm. Hellies, and I was planning on doing some stuff, but quite frankly, the past couple of years, I've been, I've, I've just been really busy at work. Um, last year, uh, I, I put in about 800 flights this year total. I think I'm at like 200 so far for the year. So, I mean, I've had a huge drop off in, in how much I've been flying because I've been doing a lot of stuff at work that has just taken me away from it all. So, uh, so that's the Facebook page timing. Yeah. It's a new account. Um, it's not even a resurrected one. Like I, I, literally deleted and yeah, wiped I saw that. all my Facebook data. Um, so as far as the timing, yeah, the, the, the timing, um, the reasoning behind the timing was to get the maximum visibility and maximum sure. effect. Uh, that was one, one reasoning. The other reasoning was, um, I had no idea how this was going to go. And one, if there were bank accounts to deal with, uh, there were a lot of people that could deal with them in Muncie at that time. So there were people there in town that if we had to do something and take over bank accounts or anything like that, we're all already there. We can do it together. This doesn't have to continue being some secret thing. We were all there at Urcha. The group together could make decisions about how to move forward rather than have it be just a few people getting together, making a backroom deal on how to move forward. That was the last thing that I I desired was any more. This is a nonprofit. I feel like there's nothing that this organization does that should happen behind closed doors. It should be fully open. So with everybody there or a lot of people there in Muncie already for Urcha, uh, if if there was anything that needed to be done, we could carry out the business of the organization essentially without the additional expense of having to go back to Muncie, having to do right. anything. I mean, all that's gone and passed now. It, it didn't come to pass the way um, the way that I originally, you know, kind of proposed that it happened, but that's fine. You know, stuff, stuff changes, stuff happens that day. Um, I was literally by myself, uh, for a good part of the day. Um, I didn't know who was going to try to, you know, discredit me or bring harm to me. I didn't know if I would even, you know, escorted off the property. Uh, people were telling me, Hey, you know, 
they're thinking about that. Uh, so I, I just kind of laid low that day. I walked around. I mean, I wasn't hiding or anything. Um, I had several people approach me and thank me for what I did. Then, then people started reading it online, sending me messages, thanking me. So that, you know, that felt good. Um, and, uh, you know, I talked to a few of my sponsors and, and I said, look, you know, I'm happy to resign if, if this is something you don't want to be associated with. Not a single one of them asked me to resign. Okay. Not a single one of them were upset with what I did. Uh, several of them were actually grateful because they'd had their own experiences with the organization and, and said, you know, thank you for bringing light to this, you know, and uh, uh, we look forward to seeing what happens. Um, so, uh, but it was, it was a very stressful day. Obviously we didn't do the 3 PM, uh, meeting the way I, I had, uh, originally envisioned. And again, that, that, that nothing, nothing that happens with this should happen in secret. Nothing that happens needs to be, uh, anything that do- it gets done in the dark. Uh, and that was the spirit of having a meeting. All of us, you know, come together as, as a group, uh, right. Anybody that was there in Muncie that, that, that would be you know, able to, uh, we could have even, I I would have hoped that we could have streamed it live on Facebook somewhere so that, you know, people could watch that couldn't make it. Uh, but again, uh, this is our organization. When you're a member of a nonprofit, there are no owners of the nonprofit. The members are the owners. So, so none of that stuff, um, should happen in the dark. And, and that's the, the thread that I've seen for many years. Had, had I not done this, many people wouldn't have even known that the organization was suing its former president. And again, uh, stuff like that should not happen without the knowledge of the entire organization. You know, if, if uh, the Urcha, the organization alleged that the president, the former president, Charles Anderson, stole money from the organization. Isn't that something that everybody should know about? You know, isn't that something that should be brought to light and not, not, you know, done in a, in, in the dark, um, you know, I have a lot of questions about that too. How did that get away? You know, how did that happen without the treasurer knowing about it? Uh, where was the treasurer th- throughout all that? I mean, there's just a lot of questions that I have uh, surrounding how that even came to pass. And um, while I can't control the past, I can I can at least uh, do something good for the future. And, and my hope really was to bring light to this. And, uh, you know, they say sunlight is a great disinfectant. And as a community, figure out how to solve this and how to go forward. Next year, we have an amazing opportunity. Are, are you guys familiar with the the, the Heli Worlds, uh, uh, the the big competition for F3C and F3N? Yeah, it's coming to the U.S. next year, right? Exactly. Yeah, we're having almost every top pilot on the planet coming to our backyard next year, and wouldn't. Wouldn't don't we owe it to our country to make sure that we represent the country really well and put on the best world's event and put on the best Urcha Jamboree right after the world's event? Yes. And so, yeah. So again, that's the the point behind the timing. There is no great time to do this. There is no better time or a worse time to do this. There is just a time. And that's why, you know, uh, I, I had seen earlier that day that the audio was being released. Uh, somebody put up a website and released the audio on the website. And I said, ah, wow. Well, I've got all this research. I might as well, uh, you know, give people the benefit of, of seeing the research I've done and, and, and seeing what I put together so they know what they're listening to. And, and so that's kind of how all that came together, uh, you know, 
I stayed up real late that night to try to put as much together. Uh, and, uh, I had an eight 30 in the morning, uh, meeting to receive the awards for the Nats that, uh, that I had just flown. And I was like, crap, I'm going to look like a zombie. Uh, not only that, but I was going to have a lot of people probably staring at me angrily at eight 30, but I said, you know what, this isn't about me. Okay. I can't sit here and be worried about what people will think about me. I, I never, that, that's not me. I'm always about doing the right thing. And the right thing is we, as a hobby, we, as the members of Urcha, um, we deserve a, an explanation. Uh, we, we deserve to run our organization according to the bylaws that the organization is supposed to operate under. And, uh, we also deserve to represent our country well next year. And, and, uh, so that's, what's behind all of this. Speaking of worlds and, you know, the future, and, and as we're talking about these things, uh, you know, I know you had a, a follow-up conversation with some of the folks, um, about Urcha, about, you know, suggesting some next steps, uh, that you would like them to take. Uh, but, you know, tell us a little bit about what your, vision for the future of Urcha is or, you know, what steps you think they should take to sort of, you know, improve the current situation on the ground uh, and, and which, and also how can we as a community, you know, help with those steps? Sure. So um, there, there's, there's uh, five things that we, uh, uh, we agreed on when we met in the trailer. And uh, uh, as you guys know, uh, Augusto uh, flew into town when he saw this stuff blowing up. Uh, because he didn't want to uh, see, you know, again, friends, we're all friends, uh, get into any kind of a heated argument or anything. And uh, so he wanted to help mediate. And, and so he came in. I also didn't want to go into the trailer by myself. You know, it, it, it was a heated situation. Everybody was kind of on edge, questioning everybody's motives and, and, and whatnot. So it was good to have uh, have him there. But we, we came up with five things that were, were the results of the meeting. And this is what I put in my post. Uh, the first thing is, you know, they were they were clear that they do not recognize Urcha Inc. as the organization that we know as Urcha. So then I said, OK, fine. Then we've had a defunct, you know, dissolved organization since 20, uh, 2013. Uh, we need to fix this. And so they, they talked about how they had been trying for five years to fix the organizational issues and they haven't been able to. Uh, for a number of reasons. And Augie said, fine, I've got a bunch of attorneys, uh, that I work with. Augie works in, in, uh, you know, defense industry. And so he's, he's got access to attorneys on retainer and he said, I'll pay for it and I'll get it done. Um, so, uh, they agreed to, to hand over, uh, whatever they needed to hand over for the attorneys to, to go ahead and do this. And so, so that's step one, let's fix the organization, right? Uh, step two, we need to uh, immediately have an election. Uh, so uh, we need to have an election so that all board members uh, can be elected properly. Uh, when you have an organization and it has bylaws, uh, they have to be followed. Otherwise, the organization uh, puts itself in a, in a lot of legal jeopardy and, and uh, it's not able to transact and conduct business legally. So we have to do all of that, uh, which, by the way, I... I'll share this. I, I explained this to them because th this was not personal. Okay. Uh, I'm a business owner. I've said that a few times. The reason I keep saying it is because it means something. It means that, that I have to have experience running an organization and, and the, the, um, the, the inner workings of it. And one of those things is liability and risk. Uh, our hobby carries with it a lot of liability and risk. 
and there's a concept called the corporate shield. And the corporate shield is when, when there's an organization, uh, the founders of that organization, the board members, people like that, uh, that are officers in the organization can, um, are covered by a shield where the organization gets sued. Uh, and, and those, unless they are negligent, uh, or, or other things, those board members and officers have a certain level of protection. So Dan West, uh, Tim, uh, and Craig, uh, currently are the officers of Urcha. Uh, Robert, uh, I found out after the fact he had, he had resigned about six weeks prior. Um, so they are the officers of the organization. They're putting on an event, taking on this liability and putting their families, their own personal property and their own, uh, they're, they're, they're themselves, they're putting all that at risk because they don't have a corporate shield to stand behind. And I was very clear with them. I said, you guys need to fix this or not even have an event because it's that legally dangerous to you. You, you cannot yeah. be doing this stuff without having that shield. So, uh, uh you know, they were grateful that I was looking out, you know, for them in that sense. And, and it really is. Look, again, these are my friends, right? I don't want to see any harm come to them. And and when I saw that they were operating without any kind of an organization, I said, this is this is bad. Uh, think of, you know, imagine that somebody gets badly hurt at Urcha. And insurance says, well, this isn't even an organization. We're not going to cover this. And all of a sudden, you know, there's lawsuits flying and, 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 and that could end the entire event. It, it ends it for all of us. So, so there's so much under the skin of all of this that explains why I did it, that, I, you know, just getting into it. If there's any attorneys listening, uh, you know, they understand If there's any business owners, you understand any insurance people in, in, in the audience, you understand, um, you know, and, and then it, Again, it just has to be done right. We have to do it right. So, um, so number one, organization. Number two, elections. Um, number three, uh, completely clear and open accounting for all finances of the organization. Uh, and uh, this has been a struggle for them for years. I don't under, I don't understand why. Uh, you know, I run QuickBooks in my business. It's easy. If I get a receipt, I scan it, put it in there, and then QuickBooks will automatically generate the uh, financial statements I need to, to figure out how the organization's doing. And in our case, in Urcha, we can just post them, uh, you know, on a website or whatever so that people can examine them. And if they need to see receipts, they can get them right out of QuickBooks. So again, th this isn't hard. It just has to get done. Uh, and then uh, number four, I offered a blog about the process uh, so that I could report it to everybody uh, because they, they were struggling with, well, how do we communicate to people? And I said, I'll do it. I don't have a problem doing it. Uh, and they agreed also to provide me with, uh, with answers to questions I had, uh, and, and I would publish their responses. And, uh, the other thing they, 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 they agreed not to compel me to remove my original post. And, uh, you know, the original post, again, it's a journalistic article and it has a lot of allegations on it that if somebody wants to take them on and deal with them, they can. But I also had a lot of factual things in it that had to be dealt with. And I didn't want to edit any of it because I did, you know, this is my credibility. And if I edited it, uh, people would be asking, why is Angel deleting those things? Were they not true? Were they this, that? But I can always write and show, hey, you know, yes, the organization had an issue uh, with its registration, but now it's fixed. So we can then show kind of a, a roadmap 
of where we need to go, and then we can show the path we took. And that's why I agreed to blog about the progress. And also, uh, they agreed not to uh, not to having you know not to have the the the, the article changed or edited in uh, in any way, shape, or form. So, um, in in essence, that's that's the plan that that we drew and we agreed on. And and uh, uh, so, probably the next question is where we're at, right? Sure. So. Uh, over the weekend, I got word that uh, they would start the process this week. Now, um, can we talk about when we're recording, or is that like a show top secret surprise that you guys hold? Uh, no, because no. Uh, okay, so 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 right now is Monday. It's the first day of the week. The show's not going to release until later on uh, in the week. Uh, so it's early. By the time that listeners hear this show, there could be another update. Um, so today, as of today, Monday, I'm, I'm waiting to, to hear back from them on, on them handing the paperwork over to Augie so that he could get it to his attorneys and get that process going. Uh, so by the end of the week or when this uh, show airs, I encourage your listeners to maybe check out the blog and see what updates we have there. It is my hope that um, you know this process should not take very long. Uh, I've, I've been told uh, two weeks tops. Um, there's, there's a possibility it can be done even quicker. Uh, but, but once that's done, then we can move to talking about the election. And, uh, you know, you guys, uh, asked me how you can help in the process. Uh, don't let the internet forget this is how you can help. Uh, it is very easy to see a post kind of get lost in a bunch of other posts. Uh, but, but if you truly want to see change, we need to keep this alive and we need to make sure that it never happens again. So we need to see this through to the end. And this is an angel doing this. This has to be all of us saying we want an Urcha. We want an organization. We want our hobby to thrive. Uh, we want fun flies that thrive. And so we want to see this through to the end and we never want to see this happen again. We never want to allow a group of people to, uh, uh, to be unaccountable. Uh, so uh, we need to make sure that it's our job as members of the organization to, to make this happen. So uh, this isn't, you know, this, I can't do this by myself and, and I don't want to, uh, I'm running a business. I got a family. Um, I, I can't, uh, this really doesn't, doesn't get changed unless all of us do it together. And, and all of us uh, uh, not only hold the current board accountable, but future boards. This isn't a process that it's done. Okay, we fixed everything. We had an election. Everything's cool. We're done, right? And let's go back to flying. <laughs> no, this is something that has to happen all the time, continually. And so uh, so that's how a podcast like this can help is uh, when something doesn't happen in the time that it has to happen. Uh, for example, if an election's not being talked about, it needs to be talked about. We need to be developing new leaders in our hobby too. Uh, we need to be allowing other people to to take the reins and and uh, you know what stand behind them and help them. I, I'll I'll give this to the guys. Okay, putting on an event like Urcha is a thankless job. When the sun sets, we start getting a little rowdy, and we literally start setting things on fire and flying over them, and it can get a little wild. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's tons of stories that uh, we could probably tell for hours here. And it, it really, you know, somebody has to be the bad guy and, and 
kind of be the nuclear control rod and put the rod in and, and, and calm everything down before somebody gets hurt. Because let's just face it, you know, we, we've, we've all heard the stories. We've all heard the names of people that have been critically or fatally injured in the hobby. Uh, that's still, uh, you know, a topic that's near and dear to a lot of people's hearts where they carry a lot of pain, uh, with that, we don't want to see it happen again ever. And so we have to ourselves police ourselves. We have to look out for the hobby. We don't want it to get a bad name. And, uh, so to put that charge just on a few people that, that run an event is, is, uh, is tough. It's unfair. Uh, so, uh, I will give a shout out to, to everybody, every volunteer and everybody that's ever, you know, helped out with Urcha and with, with every, uh, fun fly, they have a hard job and it is a thankless job and, and we need to be, uh, good to them. We need to support them. We need to make sure that, uh, that they know that they, that we're fully behind them and, uh, and, and, and we can still have a great time, uh, but we can do so, you know, and, and, and be supportive. Yeah, hundred percent. And and honestly, I hope the the one of the major points people take away from this episode is how much your desire is to improve Urcha. It's not to harm it. It's not to you know replace it with something else or damage it. It's to improve it. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And to that end, you know, I have a little question for you. So we go down the road. You know, we work towards elections and really you know formalizing things. Would you consider running for a role uh, on the board at Urcha? moving forwards uh uh okay um i'm putting you on the spot a little bit here yeah (laughs) the 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 side of me that wants to see this succeed says yes um because again I, i i do this for a living right i run a business that's successful uh, I've done transformations. Uh, I've turned a business around and, and I, I've done a lot of stuff that, uh, you know, if, if you, if you look me up on some of the business stuff, you'll see that, that I do a lot of, uh, media and publications for my industry. So I, I would, I would consider it if asked, uh, kind of as a duty and, and as, as an act of service for the hobby. Um, I would have to have help and support. Uh, like I said before, I, I can't do stuff on my own. The only way I do the business that I do is because I have a great team at my office that makes it possible. Uh, and uh, I, I would, I would definitely, if, if called to serve, I would, I would heed the call. Um, but I would, I would preface it with, I would need help. It, it just, I, I couldn't do it by myself. You know, I, I'm I'm trying to uh, quantify in my head all that's being asked of Urcha, uh, and to to kind of reform itself. In other words, even when it comes to an election, I'm assuming they have member roles. They've got they 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 have somewhere they should have an accounting of of who the members are. But if that if that is a unidentified entity, it's like if, if they're not an organization. How would they even go? I mean, just just to the, the the scale of this is starting to feel enormous to me. So, how would they even go about? I, I guess this is their this is what they have to figure out. How would they go about even holding elections at this point if they haven't if they've not been an entity since two thousand and thirteen? How would they even be able to identify where to to receive votes from? Uh, that's a great question. So. Uh- there are roles 
uh, because there have been registrations. So that that data, the good good news is that data exists. Okay, and uh, uh, I have had that fact confirmed uh, to me. So so I do know that that information exists, and that's a great starting place. Uh, Step one is to, again, get that organizational item fixed, because uh, once we get that organizational item fixed, uh, then there's going to be rules by how we handle an election. And uh, part of defining all that defines who is a member of URCHA. And uh, in comparing the bylaws uh, that that were originally in place, plus the ones that uh, Charles uh, drew up for 2019, uh, I found something interesting, and that is that... uh, the new bylaws that he drew up actually called for no Urcha membership fee other than whatever cost there was associated with printing a card, a membership card, and mailing it. And uh, so I asked Charles about that, and he shared with me that Urcha was bringing in enough money through the sponsors and through event registration itself that it didn't need to charge a membership fee. Uh, in fact, I, I think if I uh, if I remember correctly, because I don't have it in front of me this second, but uh, it defined a member as anybody that was an AMA member in good standing who was interested in the RC helicopter hobby. So uh, it had a very broad definition of, of Urcha membership, which opened it up to a lot of the hobby without having to pay a dime for it. If, if we get together, right, because it's easy to say, you know, they have to figure this out or that. We have to figure this out. And that's why on, on my on the Heli Freak thread, which I want to give a huge shout out to the folks over at Heli Freak. Uh, they, uh, they have allowed the thread to stand. Uh, they asked me a lot of questions initially, and uh, they wanted to just make sure that they didn't have any liability. Uh, and uh, they have allowed the thread to stand. So that's been a great way for me to communicate and interact with folks. But I've been asking, hey, what are your ideas on this? You know, what, how do you think this should be resolved? Because, again, I, I could sit here and come up with my own ideas, but then it's just me coming up with stuff. Right. And, and right. It, it, it's better if we together figure out how to move forward. What does an Urcha that we can all be proud of, that we all are, are, are enjoy being members of? And, you know, one of the things that encouraged me the most is how many people have reached out and said something to the effect of, if we, if you can pull this off, or if if Urcha gets transparent again, I will pay membership fees. I will do whatever, and I will be at the event again. I've I've I haven't been there in a decade, and I would love to go there again. Right, yeah. and so that's been really really cool to to uh, to hear that. So again, that that's that's some of the way that we overcome some of this. And uh, you know, you've been asking me about vision and stuff for for the organization. Um, you know, what would be really cool is to have. Urcha USA, to have Urcha EU, to have you know Urcha UK, Urcha Korea, right? Yeah. Uh, to to take that I in Urcha because it's international and actually make it an I. That would be amazing to be able to to have an organization that actually grows organically and and spawns off uh, chapters throughout the, the the world where it truly is international. Uh, so. Uh, that 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 really in and of itself will lift the organization up and and will uh, promote the hobby everywhere. Um, uh, so there's there's so much potential here. You know, people think that the RC heli hobby is dead. It's not. It's it, it might be dormant. It might be quiet in some parts. 
But that same spark that lives in, in, in each of us when we fly our helis and we and, and that thrill we get is still there. We just have to stoke that fire, bring it alive. And, and, uh, and I think we can have a, uh, a thousand, maybe, heck, even 2,000 pilots at Urcha. They talked this yeah, year about having an Urcha West. Right. Uh, I know the West Coast doesn't get a lot of love. Uh, I was no, just there uh, in Snohomish and uh, uh, that was an awesome fun fly. And uh, so, you know, I've had people ask me, well, how would, and, you know, how would inertia West even happen in the midst of all this? And I said, well, it can happen, but, but we're going to have to make some changes. We're going to have to figure out a lot of logistics. And so wouldn't it be cool to have inertia East and inertia West uh, and then expand that out internationally? Uh, you know, what, what does the heli scene look like in South America? I know there's a lot of folks in Brazil. Uh, I saw some videos about folks flying in Costa Rica. Uh, heck, what does it look like in Africa? Okay. Right. Uh, just parts of the world that, that we're not even talking about yet. The Philippines. So all Somebody's that stuff with a guy cool. from the Philippines. Yeah. Yeah. The Philippines. Absolutely. Uh, lots of places that, that this could go, but, uh, but we have to have a good model here. And, uh, and I think we can do that. Uh, I, I have, I have a lot of optimism and, and hope that we can overcome this. This is going to be just a road bump along the way. And, and I think we've got a bright future for Urcha. One of the biggest, uh, kind of issues facing the organization itself right now is, is, uh, regaining trust. The good news I think is more than, than not, I would believe want to be able to trust Urcha, right? And trust the, the transparency will happen. I think most of us just want this to kind of be behind us, right? Um, there's so much shit happening in the world. We just don't want it to, you know, wiggle its way into our hobby. Right now, there's going to be, I believe, an issue with trust. How do we trust an organization that, you know, have these allegations? Um, you know, <clears throat> are, are they being addressed? I would love to get a representative for Urcha on the show. Those offers have gone out. I uh, haven't heard anything back. You know, I'd be interested to hear kind of what, what they are doing, what they plan to do to, to help us regain trust in an organization that for all intents and purposes, we've loved everybody. I mean, before I went to Urch the first time, it was like, that was the talk is like someday, you know, when I was 16, 17 hours away, 20 hours away, you know, someday I'm going to make it to Urchie. You know, it was a, it's like yep. a pilgrimage for heli right. people, you know? And, um, what an experience, Urchia, you know, and I was fortunate enough to, to be at Urchia back in the thousand day, you know, the thousand pilot days. And it was a, it was a phenomenal experience. And unfortunately there was some shady shit happening, right? But, uh, you know, we, we want to kind of get past that. We don't want to dwell on it. Uh, but at the same time, I think some accountability would be nice. Um, some transparency would be fantastic. I think through efforts such as yours, Angel, I think those events will transpire. So I'm sure you've had your share of, <laughs> of uh, not so nice messages. Maybe you've gotten more positive than negative, but I'm sure you've received some negative. Uh, I just want to thank you for spending some time with us, letting us get a chance to know you, uh, hear your side of the story and, and hear what it is you know, you were hoping to accomplish successfully. So I think you, you, you've at least got that, that, uh, stone rolling up that hill. Right. 
And we won't we won't let it go here at RCHN. We we will check in. I'd like to check in with you every now and again to see how you know what progress is being made. Um, and as a community, I think we need to kind of keep our, our eye on it to see, see what's happening in preparation for an amazing new year coming up in 2023. It's amazing how quickly things can turn around. And I can, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from personal experience and, in, in, uh, work that I've done, uh, in my business world. Uh, it's amazing what just a few months, what just a few weeks, even what just a few days can do, uh, it's amazing when transparency enters at first it's uncomfortable because nobody likes to see the uncomfortable stuff on display. Uh, but then it's like, okay, all right, these are, these are, these are just things and we just have to deal with them. And, uh, once the progress starts happening and stuff starts, uh, coming together, uh, you know, it gains its own momentum and its own life. And that's kind of what happened here. I, I had to say, okay, let me put this out there and let me see what happens. And uh, you're right. At first, I, I got a few people that, that said, hey, uh, I just want to fly my helis. Don't ruin my event. Uh, or, hey, I spent a lot of money to bring my company here. You know, don't ruin my event. And that was very discouraging. Uh, but I, you know, there's nothing I could do uh, at that point. Then I started getting people thanking me for what I did. Then I started hearing the stories of people's experiences in the past. Then I started hearing the stories about the people that refused to show up because of that stuff and would actually consider. And then I got some people, uh, uh, I saw somebody on HeliFreak said, I just paid in just so I could vote again. Um, and that was awesome to see that support build. And and uh, uh, I forget who asked me, you know, but I, I said, you know, sometimes it just takes one person to stand up and do something. And then others, when they see that, they didn't get harmed or anything, or, or it was just a little bit uncomfortable for a little while. They get a little bit of courage to stand up and do that. And I said, you know what? I, I can do this. You know, what's what's the worst that can happen? I don't have sponsors anymore and I have to go fly in a field by myself. Uh, it's, it's not the end of the world. It's not that big a deal. Uh, so uh, so I, as I saw people, you know, say, yeah, you know, thank you for doing this and all that. It was a big encouragement because uh, – Anytime you put yourself out there, it can be a bit scary. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was an honor to, to be here. Um, I, I've heard of you guys for a long time. Uh, Frank and uh, another buddy of mine, Mark Bishop, uh, have harassed me relentlessly because I've never listened to the RCHN podcast. <laughs> Um, I'll forgive I, you this, this time. <laughs> I, I'm not a podcast guy. I, no, I, yeah. not, I don't have a lot of time to sit and listen. I, sure. I don't have a long commute, so I don't have a lot of windshield time. And uh, <laughs> I have such a stressful job that when I do get windshield time, I, I either put on silence or I put on classical music uh, just to calm my nerves from, from <laughs> okay. I, I'm in it. I deal with cybersecurity and all sorts of scary stuff. So, uh, so again, it's a very stressful job, but I appreciate what you guys do. Um, your podcast is is probably one of the most respected and, and sought after podcasts. I think people uh, didn't know what to do with themselves back in uh, 2017 when you guys did your uh, your last uh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, several people I've seen them wandering around, even at Funflies, uh, even at Urcha this year. They they just kind of like look like zombies. I'm like, what's wrong with you? And they're like, RCHN, man, it's out. You know, it's, it's, it's not coming back. I'm like, holy crap. And then you guys want to talk to me. So I just feel so honored. 
<laughs> get a grip, man. No, it's a, I love it. The, su- the support has been amazing. You know, it's always a bit nerve wracking to resurrect something that was so well received and, and the, um, you know, the crew that we had were so well respected in the, in the industry, in the hobby. Uh, it's always a bit nerve wracking to try to resurrect that, but I'm um, pretty pleased with the, the guys we got going, going now. And I, I think we're good things to come. And what a what a tremendous second episode, to be honest with you, Angela. Have you come on and uh, allow us to spend a little bit of time with you? I, I look forward to having you on again uh, for some updates. Yeah, anytime. Yeah. I'd be happy to. Sure. Thank you for having me. You betcha. All right, Angela, we're going to let you go. We got you. We had you for about an hour there. I don't want to keep you too long. I know you're a busy man, got things to do. And Yeah, thank thanks you for coming on, very Angel. much. And uh, well, hopefully I'll get to see a few of you at uh, HeliX. All righty, man. Have a good one. Good man, brother. See you later, Angel. All right, guys. So that was Angel. What'd you think? Wow. That was a good a interview, man. Yeah. It was a lot of information. Yeah. I, I, re- I remember hearing his name. I never met him. I never, uh, back in the day, I don't don't think I knew much about him and it kind of sounds like he was starting to come into prominence kind of after RCHN was kind of done and over with uh, version two but you know it was curious to me I wanted to kind of get an idea you know what what was the purpose of of releasing this this article and, and what was he hoping to accomplish and I think he did a I think he did a pretty good job kind of explaining it all I mean um yeah you know a lot of comments to me were made, well, what, you know, what's his motive? Did he have an ax to grind? I didn't get that. I didn't get that. Right. I didn't press him on it because I just wasn't getting that. Right. I think is as questionable as some folks might consider, you know, his method and timing. I think looking back, it's only been a week, week and a half, but I think his timing was very effective. You know, his method was very effective. If you've been in the hobby for any time, You've always heard the mumblings, you know, and, and kind of left them there, you know, and just kind of left them back in the, you know, the one or two group conversation at the field, whatever. Yeah. And it never really went much further than that. But he, he, you know, he brings up some good points. As a community, we should be interested. We should be interested in what an entity that is representing itself as a special interest group is doing. And it should be transparent. Yeah. Now, it's in, it's kind of in the court's hands at this point. I don't think that anybody should be a judge, jury, or executioner. Let the courts figure out who's guilty of what. I think that Urch has got a little bit of explaining to do, and a little bit of transparency needs to happen. Love to get somebody from Urch to come on the show, and the offer is extended and has been extended. I've... I've been able to have conversations uh, with some folks that are very closely related. They were all off the record and they will remain so trying to get a clearer picture of what exactly is going to happen. They've got a, they've got a lot to do, right. To, to make this right. And just basically to get the hobby as a community to look at Urchin with pride again. Right. I don't know. What are you guys thoughts on, on uh, Angel coming on and what he had to say? I mean, I, you know, listening to him speak, I had a chance to talk to him briefly a couple of times before the episode as well. Um, 
just to learn a little bit more. And, you know, the more I listen to him speak, the more I think he's just truly coming from, you know, just a genuine place of wanting to improve Urcha. Um, and I know, you know, there were folks that looked at the timing of the whole thing and, and you know, took a very quick look at his methodologies and, and, you know, we're trying to find ulterior motives or, you know, wondered why he was bringing it up then. But honestly, I think he just wants to see the organization thrive. He wants to see it done right. He wants to see kind of this negative alleged past of, you know, some nefarious activities behind the scenes and, and some other things um, just, you know, be left in the past and move on and set the organization up for success. It's like we talked about last week, right? We want to see Urcha become the largest fun fly in the United States uh, and, and go back to its heyday. You know, let's, let's get a thousand people there. Um, yeah, buddy. And I yeah, think that's, sure. I think that's what he's after. I, I you know, Maybe I'm naive, but you know, I, my sense is, is really that dude, he's got a very pure heart here and he's really just hoping for the best for the hobby. No, right. dude, I agree, man. So I know, Dan, you were poking fun about at it earlier um, about me being a hippie, talking about the way I fly and stuff now. But anyway, that's, <laughs> that's beside the point. But to, to, to speak on that point, though, I've always like, I just live my life in a certain way where I feel like, the energy of a situation is as important as the structure of the situation that is going on as well. And, you know, I just like a lot of people from all kinds of levels in the hobby, we all know that the energy that is behind what is Urcha is attempting to present, I think intentions are good, right? But the, the end result is that that energy, there is, there there is a little off color in that energy. People understand that and they're put off by that. But I think that because Urcha is the only biggest, best thing like that here in the United States that we can participate in, it's our only option. So everybody's like, well, this is what we have. This is the best we've got to deal with. Right. And to, you know, like with regards to Angel and what he chose to do and stuff like that, in my mind, my, my first gut reaction to it was, well, somebody had to do it. And that was before I even took the time to read into it. I just was aware that there was, there's a, this thing that everybody knows exists, whatever that manifests, whatever the, the nitty gritty pieces of that are is one thing, but that, that energy exists needs to change. And I think that people maybe that are involved on the back end or in, with regards to making Urcha run, Possibly it's a case of this machine, this beast just started to become too big to wrangle in the way that they thought that they could, right? It's obvious that they were missing out on, it just seems to me by listening to how Angel was talking that a lot of this could be boiled down to just, and, and this doesn't speak to any one person or people individually, it's just the machine had been mismanaged for so long that to try and figure out which gears do I replace first to make this thing fly right. Right. That's it's, it's got to be oh. a monumental task to figure out. And so now sure. we have an opportunity because enough people know about it and enough people can finally just breathe a sigh of relief and then give of themselves as much good energy into Urcha to make it the best thing that we all can make it. It doesn't have to be just that select few that get to sit in that one tent on the flight line or in that trailer. No, it's everybody. And then, you know, to hear that there's going to be voting, you know, I mean. You know, I, I come from the drone world. Multi-GP is a multinational drone racing organization 
that's a not-for-profit organization. And they organ they, they have bylaws, they vote people in, they, they're a machine that's working like we want Urcha to work. And so there are examples out there that we can look to to make this machine do for us what we want it to do. It doesn't have to just be a promotional outlet, which right now, frankly, I think most people feel like that's what it is. That's supposed to be like the sauce on top is that angle, right? But it's been distilled down through so many years of it being operated this way that now all it is, sorry for using the word, it's a big shill fest also with some people flying helis that are amateurs. Not very many. It's got to be the other way around. And we can do that. I'd love to take my family there. You know, thousands of people would love to take their family there. And it took somebody to be brave enough. Uh, God knows I... I don't think I would have had the fortitude. Just hearing the short time we spoke with Angel, I could tell he understands what he's talking about. He he lives it and breathes it. He's got his own business. He's he's not, he's coming from those angles. Look, hey man, this sink the ship is sinking. Let's fix it. This let let's figure out how to fix it. And that's that's where I'm at. We can make that energy a positive energy. We can make Urchip become whatever we want it to be. So that's my two cents. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, very well said. Very well said. Sure. I mean, after talking to him for for him and seeing his opinion on everything and it it generally comes down to he really loves the hobby and wants to do everything he can for it. It's, it's such really, a great hobby, dude. And I would he, agree with that. He he loves his hobby, he loves the people that he's met in the hobby. And he 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 said that he's met a lot of people through this hobby, you know. He was talking Rob Monty talks to him he was talking to him for a couple hours and people all over the country that you meet and he would love to keep that thriving and yeah and that i th- i could uh, agree with that to a point and that yeah. the help is there and it just needs everyone to come together and like let's sit down together as a group and try to see what we can do or, or make some decisions or come in but yep yeah, having problems and keeping them secret is not the way to fix problems. Yeah, yeah. And we also need. I think we also need more people to come forward, right? Like one of the things Angel touched on in the interview was just like how hard it is to put on an event as as someone in a, a different type of event space. But like it's true, right? It takes an army to put on these things. Um, yeah. And we really need, if we really, as a, as a group, as a community, want Urch to get better and, and rebuild to those you know one thousand plus person times need to get more people involved in Urcha, in the organization, need more people to run for office, uh, and need people to, you know, do grassroots marketing for Urcha, right? Like, did anyone see any videos come out from Urcha Besides by Urcha to promote themselves. it for next year or to encourage membership or, you know, anything to promote the fun fly itself versus, you know, manufacturers right. filming their power hours and all of those things that also are an important part of the hobby, but, you know. We, we need to do more as a community to promote the event, to promote the organization, and to encourage people to run for office in the organization. And then it can only get better from there. So right. I want to touch on one point, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to hear, well, Dan, why didn't you ask him about what has he done outside of this article to improve things? But th- there's a reason I didn't ask that question. One is it the just the overall feeling I was getting during the interview, but there was something a little more <laughs> tangible uh, in that conversations of, I, I mentioned I'd had some conversations with a bunch of folks over the last few days, uh, 
that are fairly prominent in the hobby that were aware of the workload on, we'll call them the leaders, <laughs> the board members, whatever you want to call them, Avertia, and everything that, that that entailed in putting on that event. And I know of several people who had the time and the experience uh, from private sector uh, outside of the hobby, uh, previous experiences, work experiences, life experiences that could could have could have impacted and helped. And those calls were met with silence for multiple years. I'm not gonna, you know, we're not. Gonna, who told me that? Doesn't matter. So one of the reasons I didn't ask Angel that question was because I'm based on what I've been told outside of that conversation that we just had with Angel, uh, I would assume that's exactly how his request to assist, had he made it, would have been met, because there's no reason to think otherwise. Yeah, that's Uh, that energy, man. That's the energy. And, you know, you talk about, um, you know, Nick, you just mentioned that, you know, people have to step forward. Well, part of what (laughs) needs to happen is those people that are running the gatekeepers of Urcha, as it were, need to allow those people that can be effective to actually step up and let them do it instead of maintaining that. And this is where the transparency is going to come in because it's, you know, it's kind of a secret society. We don't have room for that in the hobby, especially in a special interest group. We just don't have that. Yeah. It's gotta be popped. Right. So, you know, in conversations with a few people wanting me to kind of take more of a hardline stance and, and I was willing to bring uh, Angel on and, and with, without a preconceived bias as to why did he do what he did, I wanted to hear it from him. I consider myself a fairly decent judge of character. Obviously, you know, an hour-long conversation isn't, isn't the end all, but I, I mean, I... I felt some of those more hardline questions were just inappropriate at some point, right? And let's say that he convinced me. Like, he convinced me that he he wanted, you know, yeah, the timing was impactful, but it accomplished something. So let's move on from that. It's I look not at that, that as he wants strategy, to, purely sure. pure strategy. That's what it sure. is. People need views, and, people need people to see things and you release, it doesn't matter what genre it is. You choose your timing wisely and he chose wisely. Right. And it's obvious you've all just listened to an hour of him explaining what he did. You know, his intent was to help this hobby and he chose the the route he thought was going to be most effective. And I believe he was, I believe he was effective. Now there's a lot of work to be done. So let's, uh, let's be supportive. You know, no one wants Urchie to go anywhere. We all want to be able to trust Urchie again. And I think we can. It just is a matter of the community staying on top of it and moving on, getting these issues sorted and and, uh, looking forward to uh, a better year next year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Absolutely. I think it's important to note a lot of these problems really at Urchie occurred mostly in the past uh, recent past, but past nonetheless. Um, but there's definitely room for improvement here still. Sure. So there's no question. There's no question about that. And I think everybody understands that. And I think everybody, 
I think everybody wants it to happen, right? Yeah, you know, I don't think there's anybody out there that's holding pitchforks and torches and saying, you know, quite the opposite. Kill them all, right? Yeah, I feel like the way I feel, and I, you know, I feel like I'm speaking for a lot of people after they listen to this episode. The way I feel is that all I want to do is extend my hand out and offer whatever I can to the process. If that's what it came to, it's just as a as a person that likes the hobby and would just come to Urcha or anything like that. There isn't. I'm to a point now where I feel like now's the time where I don't have to. To be honest with you, I'm like a lot of the other guys. You know, I'm just like, yeah, Urcha used to feel like Lollapalooza for helicopters to me at the beginning, but it just doesn't anymore. But now I feel like I'm ready to face forward directly at it, and like want it again. And I think a lot of people are going to feel like that. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Anyway, I hope so. And on that note, guys, we're kind of getting to that point. We're going to call it a night. Nick, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? Uh, You can hit me up at uh, nickwisdom at rchnv3.com, or you can find me on Facebook and Facebook Messenger at uh, nickwisdomrc. How about you, Devin? If I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? Devin at rchnv3.com or Devin McClellan on Facebook, and you can hit me up through there as well. I'm Dan. You can reach me at dan at rchnv3.com. Dan K. Reed on Facebook. Also, don't forget about our Facebook page, which has now been renamed to rchnv3, and also our webpage, which is www.rchnv3. And uh, some some new ex- exciting things coming in the very near future. But last, but certainly not least, Rob, I wanted to get in touch with you. How would I do that? Okay. So if you want to get in touch with me, what you got to do is you got to wait till nobody's at home because you probably want to do this by yourself. Um, you want to write your message on the inside of all your fingertips, um, down all, all of your fingertips, and then uh, set your camera, uh, whatever camera you're going to use, just make sure you set it to 35 frames per second. And then do jazz hands, back and forth, just jazz hands in front of the camera uh, for about 10 seconds. And then in there, there'll be some frame where your hands are blurry, where you can see the whole message. Once you have that, then take that to Kinko's and print it out and uh, put it at your grocery store so that then the next time an old lady goes in there, she'll be like, oh my God, jazz hands. And she'll take a picture of that and put it on her Facebook wall. And I'll just look for old lady jazz hands in about a week and I'll see your message and I'll know what it is. And everybody else will be like, what the fuck is that? And then I'll message you back. Or, you know, if you want to do it the old way or just regular finger usage, you could email me at rob at rchnv3.com or send me a message on Facebook, NextGenRC, or hit me up on Instagram at (laughs) NextGenRC. You've done it again, Rob. Fantastic. Wow, Rob. All righty, guys. Yes, hey. Yes, hey. Yes, We sure hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week, guys. We'll see you next time. See you later. Thanks, all.